welcome to catch these vibes my name is charmonique thank you so much for tuning in you are listening to my 90s series where i talk about some of my favorites some of your favorite some of the most iconic classic 90s movies so thank you again for taking the time to listen i do appreciate your time i know time is precious so this episode we are going to be getting into the movie BAPS B-A-P-S which stands for Black American Princesses this movie was released 1997 March 28, 1997 to be exact this movie the opening weekend it made about 2 million and grossed about 7 million worldwide so it didn't like kill the box office obviously but this is definitely a very wholesome classic movie in our culture I I watched it for this episode and it's really like a feel good movie to be honest with you like I I do enjoy Halle Berry as an actor and I enjoy her movies and I think that this one is not her best work obviously but she's just so likable in this movie that I think that a lot of people you know really enjoy this movie because of how likable she is also with Natalie Reed rest in peace to her who plays Mickey they're them two together is just very funny and their their um chemistry in the movie is something that I think a lot of people just love to watch so I was actually watching Halle Berry's Hot Ones episode so if you're not familiar Hot Ones is a show where people come on and they eat hot wings very very hot wings and so she was just so they the person the the host he asks the person questions as they eat these hot wings and something that she has said was that people do come up to her and talk about BAPS more than anything more than her academy award-winning movie that she was in uh, monster ball that BAPS is one of the most movies that she gets complimented for. And that is, that definitely speaks to just the impact of the movie and just how lovable and just so funny and how down to earth she played this character. And people really love it. And I'm I'm one of those people. So shout out to Halle Berry for playing this character, Nisi, and doing exactly what needed to be done all right so this movie was directed by robert townsend and the writer is troy buyer so let's take a look at troy and see if there's anything else familiar that i'm familiar with Uh, it looks like he is also known for the five heartbeats a light in the darkness john q okay so He's all, oh, it's a girl, Troy Byer. Oops, sorry. Dr. Troy is a mental health care expert and holds doctorate. So, okay, it's a woman. 
So she's also an actor. All right. Shout out to her. And Mr. Robert Townsend, we definitely got to give him his flowers because he has done a lot of movies and different things that our community and our culture really love. Like, for example, Meteor Man. I love that movie so much. It's such a classic. If you haven't seen Meteor Man, please watch that movie. It's like the a superhero in the hood. And the fact that he created that story, he directed it. I just think that it was just so genius of him. Like it's a it's actually a really good movie. And I need to watch it. I was thinking about doing it for this series, but as I always say, it's just so there's just so many movies. There's no way that I'm gonna get to all of them, get through all of them. But as long as I mention them, I think that that does something, you know, that means something like I'm, they're pretty much honorable mentions, basically. Um, So I know that I've mentioned Meteor Man, and I just haven't put it on the schedule. (sighs) Yeah, that's a really good movie. Love it. So shout out to Robert Townsend. He is, let's just take a look and see what else he directed. So he directed The Best Man, The Final Chapters. He did two episodes, which I really enjoyed that. He did one episode of The Wonder Years with the Black family. He did two episodes of Colin in Black and White. So that is the miniseries based off of Colin Kaepernick, I believe. He did two episodes of The Last OG, uh, two episodes of Black Lightning, uh, two episodes on a show called American Soul, a series called Love Is, Playing for Love, and The Hive Diary of a Single Mom. So he has done a lot. He did one episode of a show called Unfabulous. Soul Food TV series, uh, Carmen the Hip Hopper, Holiday Heart, Little Richard TV movie, Up Up and Away, yes, yes, shout out to my Disney people, Up Up and Away, that was one of those Disney movies, he was also in that movie and he directed it, so shout out to him for, you know, giving us so many classic memories and moments he also hollywood shuffle eddie murphy raw the five heartbeats man i love it i really love you know just celebrating our people and just talking about the things that they have done to really just influence people and because when, you know, the thing about movies and it, the reason why I really wanted to do this series is because movies are just so impactful and so influential on people's lives. Like a movie can, you could watch a movie and be so inspired by it that it can change. There is, you know, has the, it has the potential to change the course of your life because you take that inspiration and you do something with it or you make a certain decision. 
So movies, along with music, they're just so impactful forms of art that people like myself really get touched by, you know, watching a movie, talking about it. You know, even just talking about a movie can really, like, light up your mood, like, because it it makes you feel good, you know, depending on the content of the movie. You feel good about watching it. You feel good about discussing it and experiencing it. And that's just the way that art works. That's the way art is supposed to in, inspire you and make you feel, you know what I mean? And that's what I really love about doing this series and why I decided to do it in the first place. It's just to talk about these classic movies that I watched growing up and what they meant to me. And if they meant something to me, then I know that they meant something to other people as well. So, well, let's go ahead and get into this movie. First, let's talk about the cast. So as I mentioned already, Halle Berry, she plays Nisi. Natalie Reed is Mickey. We have Martin Lando. He plays Mr. Donald Blackmore or Blakemore. We have Ian Richardson. He plays Manly, a.k.a. <laughs> Alfred. And then we have Troy Byer. She plays Tracy Shaw. Luigi Amodio. He plays Antonio. Jonathan Fried. He's Isaac. Pierre Edwards. He's Ali. Anthony Johnson is James. Bernie Mac is also in the movie. He's Mr. Johnson. We have Darrell Heath. He plays Terrence. And Faison Love, who is Tiger J. So, also, Deborah Wilson, she plays a flight attendant in the movie. She, people may know her from Mad TV. That's where I know her from. So, shout out to the cast. And there's also some other, like, cameos in the movie. Like, there we have Heavy D. We have LL Cool J. Howard Hewitt. Leon, Dennis Rodman. So there's a few different like celebrity cameos in the movie of them playing themselves. So let's go ahead and get into what this movie is about. All right. So Halle Berry, she plays Nisi, and Natalie is Mickey. They're two best friends who are struggling and trying to find a way for themselves, trying to make a better life for themselves. The movie starts out with them. They work at a diner and they are just fed up with, you know, not really making enough money, living paycheck to paycheck, feeling broke because they're not getting, you know, they're not making what they should be making. And they're not at, a, at the place in their life that they know that they should be. So they get a sign to go to this Heavy D audition. So Heavy D is having an audition for dancers for a music video. And so Nisi, she feels like it's a sign because she says, you know, her grandma or her mama told her, you know, good things come in threes. So she heard she heard about the audition on the radio. She saw it on TV and then she saw it in the magazine. So she felt like it was a sign and that they were meant to go. Now, Mickey, she was not as optimistic or hopeful as 
Nisi was, but because they were so close and so such best friends, she was like, okay, girl, you know, we gonna, we gonna go and see what this is about and see what happens. So they fly to California to do this audition. And so, you know, they were tired of struggling and barely making it and slaving away at that diner. And they felt like this was their way out. This, they felt like this was their, their big, big opportunity to, you know, change things for themselves. Nisi, she did hair. So she wanted to start or have her own hair salon. And Mickey, she could cook like she could throw down in the kitchen so she wanted to have a restaurant so they had this whole idea to have this hair salon with a restaurant in the back so they go to the auditions in california they caught a flight to beverly hills it's a really funny scene in the in the on the plane because niecy she does hair and she did their hair like like she did over the top it was just big and, you know, just like, booyah, you know what I'm saying? So she literally put booyah in Mickey's hair. And so it's a funny part on the plane where they all are going to watch a movie. And because their hair is so big, you know, the people behind them is just like, you know, irritated because they couldn't see. So they had to scrub, you know, um, they had to get down because their hair was in the way. Like, it's just little things like that. It's just, you know, funny. So they land in Beverly Hills and they go to the audition. And let's just say, Nisi, she really wasn't the best dancer. So the, the, the audition didn't go so well. And they, you know, they are from Georgia. So they're not used to, you know, seeing these celebrities. And so I guess she she kind of got a little a little too too wild with Heavy D. And that was another reason why she didn't get chosen. And so it's funny when when they once they come out of the audition, their hair is all laid to the side. They done sweated it out. They all sweaty. Cause first of all, they in California and they got on these leather outfits and that's one of the things that I really love about the movie is that the fashion, the fashion like sets really stands out. And I feel like it set a standard. I feel like a lot of people are influenced by the fashion from this movie, the hairstyles and everything. Like to this day, we still see the certain hairstyles that Nisi wore on people. And, and honestly, when I see these certain hairstyles, I go back and I think about Halle Berry and Baps like for me she is like the first person because I mean people probably wore the hairstyles obviously before her but I just feel like being a 90s baby and seeing these types of hairstyles for the first time really in this movie that's where I go back to and be like oh that reminds me of you know Halle Berry and Baps when, when I see people wearing this these certain hairstyles today so they run into LL Cool J at the airport, which is another funny scene of them losing their cool because they from Georgia. They not used to just seeing people, you know, celebrities, you just out and about like that. And so that's a funny scene. Um, I think it was Mickey. She was like, keep licking them lips. 
and you know Ella Kuja, he looked good, especially during this time. So once they come out of the audition, all sweaty with the hair messed up, laid to the side, a man is standing there watching them, and this man is Antonio. So he tells them that he you know saw them and noticed them and wanted to offer them an opportunity to be in a music video because he liked what he saw and he said you'll get to room and board at a mansion and you can get ten thousand dollars so they like oh okay hell yeah let's go so they get in his limo and he takes them to the mansion so once they get to the mansion obviously they're just like so wooed and so impressed because they've never been you know somewhere like that they've never seen a big house like that let let alone actually get to stay in a house like that so they are just like wow this is crazy so Isaac opens the door and greets them and Isaac is the nephew of Mr. Blakemore who owns the mansion So the whole thing was there was never a music video that they were going to be in. He actually told her that it was like an acting gig. So he wanted her to be the granddaughter of his uncle's lover. So his uncle was a black, I mean, a a white man. And the, since Lily was a black woman, which is the lady that she was, Nisi was going to be the granddaughter of. Since she was a black woman, they weren't able to date and they were like each other's first love. So his nephew, Isaac, got the idea that she could pretend to be Lily's granddaughter and just stay around while the dad or the Mr. Blakemore was pretty much in his last days, like he was dying of cancer. And so Isaac made it seem like, you know, out of the kindness of his heart, he wanted his grand, his, I keep wanting to call him his grandfather, but it's his uncle. He wanted his uncle to just have a really enjoyable time spending with her during his last days. And so that's why, he hired her he convinced them that that was the reason and that you know they would get some money after it and you know be able to stay in the mansion so he he introduced them to Mr. Blakemore and he believed it right away that that she was Lily's granddaughter and he was very welcoming to them and very nice to them. Right away, Mickey, she, because they had sat down for dinner. So right away, she cooked them, cooked him a meal, cooked him some soul food. And he was really happy about that because, you know, he's been eating the bland food that his chef was cooking. And so Mickey whipped up that soul food and he was really, really happy about that. So another funny thing about the movie is that the butler, Manly, he definitely does remind um, them of 
Alfred from Batman. So she's just calling him Alfred and he's like correcting her, you know, all throughout the movie. And so Antonio, who is the dude, the driver that had picked him up initially, he had his eyes on Mickey. And so he was just trying to like woo her and make her feel like he just fell in love with her all quickly. And then so he told her something about the fact that he is very wealthy and he came out there from a different country, I believe. And his parents want him to find somebody who doesn't want him for his money or something like that. Some lie he was telling her, but she was, you know, she was believing it. Because, you know, he was a handsome man and for whatever reason, she just was, you know, naive and was believing him. So another funny scene is when they have Manly go to the record store and he gets, he's on a mission to get, you know, these different black artists like Tupac and Ice Cube and all these different CDs. So that's a really funny scene. And then they end up going on a shopping spree. So Mr. Blakemore takes the girls with him on a shopping spree. And they are, you know, just trying on different clothes. And he's just living his best life with them. He, You can just tell that he's having a really good time. And he hasn't really been able to have a good time in a long while. So at this point, they are starting to feel a little bad because just thinking about the fact that they are waiting around for some man to die. It just didn't really feel right. So he ends up taking them out to dinner. And that's when, <laughs> that's when they run into Leon. And that's when Nisi jumps all over him. And she's like, I want to exhale. I want to exhale. That part is hilarious. And then Mickey she wanted the old boy to sing to her, and she was like, I ain't going to move until you sing. And then he sings to her. Like, they just didn't know how to act. You know, running into all these different famous people, they was definitely being themselves, true to who they were. So Antonio, he he wanted to, he tells Mickey that he got her a ring, but Mr. Blakemore let him keep it in a safe. And so he tries to open the safe, but the combination didn't work. And so he has Mickey try to open the safe. And obviously the combination didn't work again. And the whole reason why he tried to have her do it is was to get her fingerprints on it. But this is not really adding up to her. And I would have been like, what? Like, this is not even making any sense but she was just so you know wrapped up in his charm and his good looks that she wasn't really putting two two together so this same night he already because Antonio he had gloves on and she was just like why you got these gloves on he made up some lie about it but this same night while they were asleep they heard a loud noise because Antonio had, he had knocked out Manly because he was trying to steal from that safe and steal some of Mr. Blakemore's things. 
So the girls wake up to find um, this intruder, this masked intruder. Another funny scene is when they start hitting him. They keep taking turns, punching him. I love this scene. I love how Halle Berry acts in this scene when she uh, takes down her scarf, the ends of her scarf in front of her face one by one. And then she like, yeah. Oh, so you trying to steal, huh? <laughs> and she like, well, I'm about to beat you like you stole something then. Like, I love it. Like, her acting in this, I don't care what nobody say. Like, she did this role perfectly like she did her thing as Nisi in this movie so I love this scene it's probably one of my favorites so they they kept punching him and Mickey took no Nisi took his mask off and then that's when they realized it was Antonio and Mickey was she was just shocked like you know very hurt by that because she's been you know played with and so the nephew Isaac he comes out and he's like oh you guys are all trying to steal I'm calling the cops because the whole plan was to blame it on the girls because he pretty much wanted to use them but because Manly already saw that it was just Antonio he was like nah it was just Antonio the girls didn't have nothing to do with it so thank god that Manly was there because if not then Isaac was going to try to blame it on the girls and say that they stole or were trying to steal from his uncle. And so Antonio, he let the cat out the bag and he was like, he tried to say, oh, um, our plan can still work. Her fingerprints are on the safe. And so Isaac, he obviously played it off and was like, our plan, I don't know what you're talking about. And so the cops come and get him. He's arrested. And the girls, they check on Mr. Blakemore because he slept through the whole thing. And that's when Mr. Blakemore's attorney shows up. And so at this point, they are on to Isaac because Isaac had his lawyer say, uh, send something to Mr. Blakemore's lawyer and say that he's incompetent and he the whole time he was taking pictures of Mr. Blakemore and the girls and saying that oh he's letting these women use him and dry up all his money he's incompetent he doesn't know what he's doing and so that way at this point they knew that what Isaac was up to so Mr. Blakemore he asked them if if Isaac had promised them anything because at this point he knows that he he hired the girls to be there but he still doesn't it's not really clear that she's not really Lily's um granddaughter like they don't really address that just yet but he's like yeah so did he offer you anything was there a fee and and they was like, no, we just, you know, here because we want to be. And then he was like, okay. And he has them both checks. And the checks were about for $50,000. And so they was like, they ripped up the checks. And they were like, no, you know, we, we here because we want to be here. And that was very, you know, kind of them. 
because I think I really do think, you know, with them spending time there and just enjoying that type of lifestyle, they did grow to actually genuinely just want to be there. And and they were fond of Mr. Blakemore. And, you know, they also kind of felt bad because he was dying. And so I know it was very hard for them to rip up them checks, but they really meant that they were actually there to just be there and enjoy his presence. And so that at that point, they went out dancing because he was like, yeah, I feel like dancing. So this is another good scene with them all at the at the club dancing and just having a good old time even manly at this point he's loosened up and he in the dj booth on the mic and saying different things so they just dancing the night away and then mr b mr blakemore he ends up collapsing and so they go back to the house and at this point the guilt is eating at Nisi, and she just feels bad and feels like, you know, we got to leave at some point. And I think we just, we need to leave now. Like, what are we doing here? What is the end game here? What is the goal here? Like, I'm not trying to use this, this man or, you know, just be here for his money or anything like that. So they, they made a decision to leave in the morning. So they, they didn't really have the heart to tell him the truth that she really wasn't Lily's granddaughter, so she wrote him a letter. And I love this scene because she has on this really, really pretty yellow robe, and it, it kind of like gives nightgown vibes, but it's like a robe, and it's just really pretty, and she has this pretty blonde hair. Like, Halle Berry as a blonde is just beautiful. Like, she's just such a beautiful woman. Um, but in this movie, I love all the hairstyles, that blonde, the blonde hair was just so perfect on her. So, yeah, this is definitely like one of my favorite scenes of her with that that yellow um, robe on because it's just all long and flowy. And so throughout the, you know, her time at the mansion, she she's talked about Ali and their struggles because she just wanted him to be show her his ambition side because she was such an ambitious person and she wanted him to match that energy she wanted him to want better for himself so that he could be the man that she deserved to to have in her life and so he shows up with the help of manly and this was very thoughtful of manly because he there's a scene where she is on the phone with Ali and hangs up and then Ali calls back and she's like, she don't want to talk to him. So Manly answers the phone and he's like, you know, relaying the conversation between them. Like he's the one, you know, pretty much narrating it or whatever and telling her what he said. And then she's telling him to say things. So that's a funny scene also. But yeah, so he took it upon himself and he's just like, I think y'all should talk in person, you know, and so Ali, he finally got his driver's license and he just, you know, tells her about how he's been in love with her and she's been his dream girl since they was in high school and he wants to be a better man for her. He he shows up no longer looking like a pimp, 
but he got on his suit looking nice. He cut his hair. And so they began to to dance and have this little romantic moment. And Mickey's dude, James, he also was there too. And this part is so funny because he starts crying. And the way he's crying is hilarious. And so he's, you know, telling her, he he loved her. I want to, you, 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 you should, you deserve to eat too. You know, he's just saying these different things. And it's, it's so funny the way that he's crying. And so they, they both got their man back and just having a lovely moment. But then Mr. B gets rushed to the hospital. So he goes to the hospital, Lily, um, well, not Lily, but, um, Nisi and Mickey, they they go to the hospital to see him, and Nisi goes to his bedside, and she starts crying, and she's you know trying to tell him that she's not really Lily's granddaughter, but she but he doesn't you know allow her to say it, and so she tells his lawyer like I, I never got to tell him, and that's when the lawyer tells her that he already knew. Like he knew, he knew that Lily didn't have any children. So the whole time he knew that she really wasn't related to Lily. So the next morning, as they're preparing to leave, they are greeted by the lawyer. And she's just like, you know, I'm I'm glad that I caught you. I just, you know, have some things I want to talk to you about. And so that's when she starts going through Mr. Blakemore's will. So, Mr. Blakemore, because they made his life, his last days, just such a good time. Like he really enjoyed his last days on this earth, and it meant a lot to him that he was able to just, you know, having have that experience. Because without them showing up, his last days was probably about to be boring as fuck boring and dry no laughs no soul food no you know beautiful women to be around and just dote on and just have a good time and laugh like he wouldn't have really had that experience because he was just alone and you know in the house a big house with people that worked for him so so the lawyer she starts going through his living will and testament and she mouthed the words because at this point in the, at this part she we don't get to hear her say his what he left for them in the will but you can just read her lips and so she says that he left them a hundred million dollars a hundred million dollars that's a lot of money so obviously they get emotional and they start crying he also left some money for Manly too. I couldn't understand or uh, read her lips good enough to see how much was left for Manly, but Manly got some money and his his nephew didn't get anything. So he was mad about that, but oh well, he didn't deserve shit because he was, you know, that's what he wanted. Like he was lying and trying to be manipulative and conniving. And so he didn't really deserve anything. So the movie ends with the girls 
getting opening their salon slash restaurant and they named it Lily's, which I love. And also they, you know, help they man out, start their business. They had like a luxury cab company or something like that. And so they get to their dreams come true because they met this man who was a blessing to them, but they also were a blessing to him. And that's why he ended up blessing them. And so it's a really, it's a really funny, wholehearted movie. And I think the lesson in the movie is just, just be a good person, you know, and you never know what could happen. Be very hopeful about your dreams, chase your dreams and know that anything really is possible. And obviously believe in yourself, be optimistic, believe in your dreams, believe in what's, you know, possible. So that is the lesson of this movie. And that's the end. So it has to be said that both Natalie and Hallie were given looks and black girl magic all through this movie. Like they're both just so beautiful. And like I said, before their chemistry together, it was just like a perfect pairing. Like I know when they casted them, they was like, yes, these are the girls that are perfect for this movie. Alex, always good to see you. No, I want one of your choice tables for me and my guests. <gasps> That'll be no problem. Ladies? Excuse me, I'm going to wash my hands, ladies. Okay, follow me. Right this way. Here we go. Right up here. Howard Hewitt! Oh, 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 I've been a fan of yours for so long. Since you was with Shalomar and you had the big afro. Oh, I'm such a big fan of yours. You got to sing for me. You got to sing something. Oh, you get yeah, here. I ain't letting you go till you sing something for me. Okay, 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 okay. Let's... You know I love you, baby. Thunderbar. The show is over. Thank you very much. I'm so sorry, Mr. York. It was nice that he sang. He sang the... Bless you for that. Acting like a fool, okay? We're in a fancy place. We're gonna have class. We're in a classy place. <laughs> Leon! Oh, I love you. Wait, let's exhale. I want to exhale. Oh, exhale. Please, please, let him exhale. Oh, Mr. Leon, I'm so sorry. Please. Thank you for coming. <laughs> Your table is ready. You got us in trouble. You get us in trouble. I know how to act. I know how to act.
it's it's fine. It's fine. All right, so let's get into Halle Berry. So Halle Maria Berry was born Maria Halle Berry on August 14, 1966 in Cleveland, Ohio, and raised in Oakwood, Ohio to Judith Ann Berry, a psychiatric nurse, and Jerome Jesse Berry, a hospital attendant. Her father was African-American, and her mother is of mostly English and German descent. Holly first came into the spotlight at 17 years when she won the Miss Teen All-American pageant, representing the state of Ohio in 1985 and a year later in 1986 when she was the first runner-up in the Miss USA pageant. After participating in the pageant, Holly became a model. It eventually led to her first weekly TV series, 1989's Living Dolls, where she soon gained a reputation for her onset tenacity, preferring to live her roles and remaining in character even when the camera stopped rolling. It paid off though when she reportedly refused to bathe for several days before starring work on her role as a crack addict in Spike Lee's Jungle Fever, which came out in 1991. This was because the role provided her big screen breakthrough. The following year, she was cast as Eddie Murphy's love interest in Boomerang. That came out in 1992, and that's a movie that we did talk about. One of the few times that Murphy was evenly matched on screen. In 1994, Barry gained a youthful following for her performance as sexy secretary Sharon Stone in The Flintstones. She next had a highly publicized starring role with Jessica Lange in the adoption drama Losing Isaiah that came out in 95. Though the movie received mixed reviews, Barry didn't let that slow her down and continued down her path to superstardom. In 1998, she received critical success when she starred as a street smart young woman who takes up with the struggling politician in Warren Betty's Bullworth, 98. The following year, she won even greater acclaim for her role as actress Dorothy Dandridge in a May for Cables Introducing Dorothy Dandridge, which came out in 99, for which she won a Golden Globe for Best Actress in a TV Movie Miniseries. In 2000, she received box office success in X-Men that came, oh, came out 2000, I already said that, <laughs> in which she plays Storm, a mutant who has the ability to control the weather. In 2001, she starred in the thriller Swordfish and became the first African-American to win Best Actress at the Academy Awards for her role as a grieving mother in the drama Monsters Ball. It's really crazy that she is the only Black woman to win that award. She, no one has won that award since her. And I was like, wait, I thought Viola Davis did. But no, it was supporting actress. It wasn't best actress. And that's really crazy. That has really been that long since 2001. 2001, 2002, no one, no other black woman has won that award. That is insane. But shout out to her. Um, for making history 
And hopefully we get to see another black woman win that award sometime soon. But that is that is really crazy. So let's just take a look at her filmography in a little bit more detail. So she also was starred on one episode of A Different World. I love that series. Jungle Fever, 91. Strictly Business, 91. The Last Boy Scout, 91. Boomerang, 92. CB4, 93. Fatherhood, 93. The Program, 93. Flintstones, 94. Losing Isaiah, 95. She was on episode of Martin in 96. A movie called Girl 6 in 96. Race the Sun in 96. The Rich Man's Wife. Oh, my gosh. Yo, I like this movie a lot. This is a good movie. I forgot about this movie. Like, this is a movie that I could have talked about. Because I love me a good thriller, you know, drama. Wow. Mm, okay. And then Babs in 97. The movie Bullworth in 98. Why Do Fools Fall in Love? Another one of my favorites. She was Zola. That came out in 98. Welcome to Hollywood, 98. Introducing Dorothy Dandridge, 99. X-Men, 2000. Swordfish, 2001. Monster Ball, 2001. Die Another Day, 2002. X-Men, X-2 in 2003. Gothica in 2003. I'll really... Love this movie, Gothica. That's a good movie. I don't care. Catwoman, 2004. So I was watching her, I believe it was her the Variety episode where she goes through, you know, some of her roles. And she was saying how, well, first of all, in her Hot Ones episode, she said that people do come up to her sometimes about Catwoman to compliment her on just being a good Catwoman. And, you know, people say things, something along the lines of, yeah, I don't care what nobody say. I loved you in that movie. And so she was like, well, what do people say? And they'll be like, well, the movie sucked. <laughs> but you were good. You didn't suck. But the movie sucked. And I think that is kind of like a general consensus type of thing. People don't really like that movie or feel like it's a good movie for the most part but I think that she made a good Catwoman and I think it just really comes down to the storyline so what I was saying is when she was going over her role she was saying that she would be open and open to directing another Catwoman movie with her but she would want the story to be more so about saving the world not saving women from this face cream you know, like the story that they gave us, like she would want something, you know, like men superheroes get a little more gritty and just a better story overall, which I think a lot of people would probably agree with that being the only way that another Catwoman movie, movie with her would be worth even doing or watching because the storyline in the movie she did it was a little silly I'm not gonna lie but it's a cool movie like I, I like the idea of Halle Berry being Catwoman like come on so 
she was in the the animated movie robots in 2005 she voiced cappy she was in x-men the last stand in 2006 the movie perfect stranger in 2007 i like that movie with bruce willis things we lost in the fire 2007 frankie and alice uh, isn't that the movie when she plays like yeah multiple personality disorder yeah that's a good movie i i, I think i only watched it like one time she was in a movie called Dark Tide in 2012, Cloud Atlas 2012, the movie The Call in 2013. I think The Call is the movie where it started because people start this trend talking about her wigs and they be like, you know, when she got this certain wig on, you know, she about to save somebody child or something like that because she do be wearing this curly hair wig. So, The Call in 2013, X-Men Days of Future Past 2014, and then the movie Kidnapped 2017. And that's a similar movie to The Call. A mother's, but this is about, so the, so Kidnapped is about her own son, her own child being kidnapped. And then The Call is when she's a, a 911 operator and is speaking with a a girl that was abducted so it's kind of similar she was in a movie in 2017 called kings she was in kingsman the golden circle in 2017 john wick chapter 3 in 2019 the movie bruise 2020 and then 2022 moonfall so it does look like she has a few movies in production and development um shout out to Halle Berry though um I overall do like her I think she's pretty dope person I didn't like when she she said Cardi B was the queen of hip-hop I didn't really like that but I think it was she was trying to sell that dang movie and the soundtrack that went with it was I guess produced or produced um with Cardi B and all these, you know, other female artists. So I guess I can give her a pass on that, but yeah, um that rubbed me the wrong way. But anyways, <laughs> I like Halle Berry. I think she's she's so beautiful and she looks good to this day. Like her skin is flawless. Like I was watching her hot ones episode and just admiring her skin and her beauty. Um, she is one of our legends, I think, um, in our culture. And she definitely deserves her flowers for her contributions to the culture and the thing, the things that she has done. I mean, especially making history and being the first and the last at this point, black woman to win the best actress award at the academy awards so she is definitely one of them ones she gets there's a lot of hip-hop references to her in songs and you know she's one of those women where i think men really love as far as her looks um so yeah i mean it's halle berry how can you not love her 
she does get a little bit of I think a backlash because of her love life but she's currently in a relationship with this man named Van Hunt and that seems to be going really well they seem like a really cute couple and I remember I don't I can't remember if it was it was probably last year and within the last couple years um she had posted a picture and it was like you know a nude picture not really showing anything I mean with the different roles she's had you've you've seen her body you know what I'm saying you've seen what she's working with so it's I think she's probably like y'all have already seen this and I am 50 and I look good as fuck so I'm gonna continue to show off this body and I don't care what nobody say but people was trying to you know talk shit about her doing that not really people but somebody on twitter has said something about her posting that picture and she just didn't really pay no mind like you could tell she's very confident in herself and her body and the way she looks and she is you know she loves she loves herself and i think that's what that's the type of energy that we need to champion for people loving themselves not being ashamed of their bodies and embracing their bodies because there's nothing wrong with just embracing your body and, and, you know, wanting to show it off. Like people be trying to make you feel, make a person feel bad for showing off their body um, and posting, you know, pictures that might be a little revealing. People try to, you know, make a person feel bad about that. But yeah, that was just a little moment that I recall that happened recently. Like she's, people like like her social media, especially her Twitter. She just, she gets it. She gets the different trends. And speaking of like, I had no idea that she had a website. She had a, a Hollywood website in the early 2000s, which I thought was pretty cool. Like she was a like one of the first people that started that wave of like understanding that this is the new the new way of the world the internet and having a connection with your fans through the internet so she did talk about that on her hot ones episode and yeah so shout out to the cast of this movie it's a really classic i love it i think it's funny it's wholesome it's just a feel-good movie that you could just laugh at and just enjoy. All right, that is the episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you've made it to this point, I appreciate you so much for supporting this podcast and for really listening. Like, it means so much to me that you listen. (laughs) I cannot say that enough. So please rate, review the podcast on whatever platform you're you're using to listen and show love. It definitely goes a long way. And I have been curating this list of movies to go through until the end of the year. It is so difficult I keep switching it and I'm going to continue to because I want it to be perfect 
I want it to be perfect. I don't want to have any regrets. I don't want to choose a movie and be like, eh, I don't really want to do that. And if I do begin to feel that way, I'm not hesitating about changing it at this point because this is the end of it. We're in the final stretch because once December comes, we're done and I'm moving on to something else. I keep telling y'all this because I'm trying to accept it, okay? I'm trying to stick with this idea of ending this uh, series with the end of this year. So I have switched some movies around, and this is what I have. Again, this is not set in stone. It may change. So, So after this, I have Face Off. And then we're going to start with the spooky season and start with the faculty and then misery, devil's advocate. I'm still, that one for sure, I'm still kind of, I, because that's a really good movie, but I might want to switch that one. So that one's still question mark. So devil's advocate, Candyman, It, Free Willy, The Green Mile, Little Giants slash Little Rascals, Friday, The Preacher's Wife, Jingle All the Way, Home Alone, Batman Returns, and Nightmare Before Christmas. I might switch those because just because the before Christmas part. So yeah, that is the list. Again, it might change. I'm trying to make this list perfect. I just want to do it right and do it justice i'm thinking thinking about all the movies that i've done it's a lot of movies i'm going to add up you know the list and figure out how many movies i've talked about and once when when i look at the movies like when i scroll through the episodes i'll be like it's a lot but then again it's not you know because there's still so many different movies that i could talk about but off the top of my head I know that I started the last season with Poetic Justice and then Cruel Intentions and then Higher Learning. And I just remember how excited I was to start this series. So it's just been a really fun thing to do, just like a passion project for me. So I hope you guys have enjoyed it and just fuck with it. You know, that's the only thing I could wish for is for people to just, you know, fuck with what I'm doing so as of right now the next episode is going to be on face off but I'm just saying I might change my mind because we're really at we're at crucial point right now so please you know don't be mad if I switch a movie out um but if I do you know let me know like it's okay to tell me like girl why you do that you can leave it I would prefer you send me a message, but if you want to leave it in a review, then that's fine. I just would like feedback. I think that's that shows me that you care and that you're actually listening. So if you are like, damn, why you didn't do this movie or why you said you was going to do that movie and you didn't do it, let me know. Like, I am accepting of any type of critique, any feedback, for real, for real. So, yeah, I hope you all enjoy the rest of your week. September is, we're, you know, about to reach the middle of September, and I honestly have accepted the fact that fall is my favorite time of the year. 
I don't like being cold, but I, this part right here, like the September, October, November, I really enjoy because it's not too cold yet out here in Arizona. You know, once we reach these months, it does start cooling off, which is we appreciate a lot because majority of the year, especially the summer, oh my gosh, the majority of the year is hot as fuck. And this summer we've had 100 plus days and not much rain. And so I'm just ready to be able to walk outside and feel a, a cool breeze. You know, I'm looking forward to that. And I just love October. I I, I really love s- spooky season. I love the Halloween vibes. I love Thanksgiving. I love Christmas. So I really enjoy this time of the year. So I hope these next coming months are good to you. And hope you can really end the year off on a good note. I really am trying to do that in my personal life and with this podcast. So best wishes to me for for that. And yeah, until next time, be blessed and vibe out.